we should just do a cold open of the swimming pool. I usually make the cold opens in post. Okay. <laughs> My name is Ryan Broderick, and I have had very bizarre cravings for Burger King for the last week, two weeks. That's that's the big update with me. Uh, I, my name's Luke Bailey. Uh, I've been eating pretty normal food and actually cooking for myself, and it's been uh, really wholesome. That's nice. Making a lot of, I'm making a lot of like things made out of lentils and beans. That's cool. Beans are chill. Welcome to the Content Minds. It's a podcast <laughs> about internet content, making it, consuming it, being upset about it, liking it, all the spectrum that is content. Today we have a very exciting topic. We're going to be talking about the internet aesthetic cottage core and trying to answer the question, is it fascist? <laughs> I mean, as all mass culture is fascist, that like the reality. So we're starting this from the, ba- the on the basis that yeah, it's probably fascist. I mean, I feel like the lesson we learned in 2016 and onward is that if enough white people do anything on the internet, it just starts to become fascist. That's why the Avengers is fascist. Well, the Avengers is pro cop. I wouldn't say it's fascist because like you know Thanos is pretty fascist. First, I need to talk about the swimming pool before we get into any of and if any of this the real conversation. I okay. need to talk about the swimming pool. Let's talk about the swimming pool. Okay, my question to you is, how big does a swimming pool have to be before... Sorry, that's not right. How small does a swimming pool have to be before it's no longer a swimming pool and just a bath? Okay, so the question is, how small is a swimming pool in, to become a bath? Yeah, like, clearly, like... like oh, you're which, saying you're, you're saying, it like, at which point does a bathtub become a swimming pool? Yeah, exactly. Like, clearly, like, you can have a very big bathtub... And a very small swimming pool. But, like, what's the line? Well, I'm going to throw a wrench in your whole thing here. I feel like the line is the bath empties. Oh, okay. So it's not size. So if you had a no, swimming pool, if you had a bath that was, like, you know, eight meters by eight meters, but it filled up and then emptied, then it's a bath. No, that's not right. Because also making this confusing is kiddie pools, which are filled per use and then emptied. And that we call a pool. We don't call it, like, a kid bath we don't call it like a outdoor kitty bath i would not bathe in there no well so maybe does bathe does the bath imply that you're bathing i think well i mean that maybe that's it like the bath you have to be cleaning yourself okay 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 maybe that's it it's chlorinated if it's chlorinated it's a pool well no there are saltwater pools i've been in them before okay if there is a a thing in there that is making it not go green either salt or chlorine or that weird chemical that they have that's like just sorts all the water out any of those then it's then it's then it's not a uh, then it's not a bath anyway the point is yeah yeah, what's the point of all of this (laughs) uh, a flat a flat appeared on zoopla which is two bedroom flat which has its wait wait let let me let me translate let me translate this an apartment appeared on zillow for americans sure a flat appeared on zoopla yeah yeah okay okay so a flat appeared that has a yeah i mean it has a swimming pool in it 
That's true. It's a two-bed flat. That's also true. But the swimming pool is is in the basement, and I can't describe to you how cursed the energy of this pool is. It's maybe maybe four meters long, maybe two meters wide. Like it's a really small pool. But then on one end, it has a, a spiral staircase that goes up to the floor above, with a a patio around it that overhangs part of the pool with a single leather armchair on. Then on the other side, it has like a, a basically a three-piece suite. It has like two armchair, two like sofas overlooking this pool on a slightly different level. Then below that level, it has a sauna. And then along from the end of that, and at the I guess the exit on the third wall of this, uh, it goes out to some sort of underground patio. Yeah, I mean, if I can like try to paint a picture here, it's like someone built an apartment with a full hotel pool, jacuzzi, everything as the first floor of this apartment. That's that's sort of what's happening here is that someone has built an apartment that's around it, yeah. a pool. And it's and I and it's a million pounds. Uh, it's an a million, it's a million pounds. pounds. It's a million. Well, pounds. We should we should point out that since it was tweeted by uh, Alice Beaverton Palmer. Uh, it has gone up to 1.2 million pounds. That's the power of Twitter, baby. That's so, it. There's no so such thing this, as bad publicity on Twitter, baby. So since this absolutely insane thing's gone gone viral, it's got more. Uh, it's got higher valued. However, what's crazy about this is that having dug through this, I believe this is a four floor pro- property. What does that mean? And then each there are four four stories. Oh, it's, oh, it's four floors. Okay, okay. Right. So there's a basement. Then you go up to a living room, which again has three single leather armchairs, which there's a vibe. It's not a good vibe. It's a. It, it smells a little like bodily fluids. It feels like it smells like bodily fluids. That's just... That's the vibe of having three single leather armchairs in a room. Well, okay. Can I tell you... So my immediate impression when you sent me this and you said, this is the cold open of our show today... <laughs> um. I immediately was like, oh, this is an apartment that was designed by drug dealers. It's actually worse. It was designed by joiners, I've since discovered. What does that mean? Uh, they, they make furniture. What? So it was a shop that was a furniture shop that was spread over like four floors. And then they went and put it, they turned the basement because he, the guy knew a load of industry people he knew a lot of people who builders they just turned the ground floor into a pool and sauna area so this was made by like professionals who make furniture like like person yeah. this was made by like professional people who were like this is yeah. cool this is a cool normal thing for us to do oh no no it's safe like that's the thing about it you know it's safe and that's good because in the living room the first room you enter as you go into this abode uh, is enormous glass. It looks like the lid of a coffin if it was made of glass that goes down into the 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 pool. The f- half the floor of the living room is made of glass that is overlooking a pool, <laughs> and it's surrounded by leather chairs. I mean, it I, it it looks like a thing that like a bunch of high class drug dealers would fill with prostitutes and then they would like sit in their leather chair and like watch people party. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like ha- is happening here. There's a, there's a there's a bodily fluid vibe in this flat. Like 
they yeah, have it's, like a, it's like I'm it's not like, I'm not going to specify which bodily fluids because it could be any of them or all of them or some combination thereof. Like, like, like no matter what, like whoever designed this apartment fucks. They fuck, and they're and they want everyone to know that they fuck. They're like, hey, welcome to my apartment. The first floor is all water and leather. I fuck. I think you'll find that the floor above that is also all leather. There's no water, but there's leather. I mean, but also then what's crazy is that leather is so disgusting to sit in if you're wet. Like, yeah, I don't understand how you can have <laughs> the themes of your four story apartment in Upper Hallway being leather and water. I don't it's understand worse than that. It's worse than that because the it's a spiral staircase. So there's no door. So your entire like living room smells of chlorine at all times. Well, that's I mean, that's normal. That's cool. I mean, you just, that, that smells clean. That's like nice. And I mean, clean. if you if you spill that many bodily fluids then yeah, it's going to smell like chlorine for other reasons. Um, <laughs> God. But then, oh, but then, welcome, what, no, welcome, welcome, to, welcome to my pool apartment. Everything here smells like cum. <laughs> but I guess wasn't that because then you go up and the next floor is a bedroom and then the floor above that is a bedroom. But the bedrooms are, I mean, they look like student bedrooms. They actually they look like a normal bedroom that you would see advertised in a flat in London where you're paying like five hundred pound a month. And you're like, yeah, no, I will sleep on this. Like, it's sort of a single bed. It looks like the mattress is slightly smaller than the bed. And the bed, for some reason, is, like, wider at the top than at the bottom. And it looks weird. And it's like, fine, it's gross. But you're spending 500 quid a month on it. I don't understand the person who's like, I really need this pool. But I would also like to sleep on this this bed that, that looks like a student sleeps on it. So are you going to buy the apartment? Well, obviously. Yeah. You got it. I think you gotta. I think this has to be your new thing. I think you have to be like the pool apartment guy. I have to live in this apartment. <laughs> I'll hate it. I'll hate. I'll hate every second of it, and I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll want to die. Well, but I have to live in it. <laughs> anyway, um, if you'd like to support the podcast by going to our Patreon at patreon.com, the content minds, uh, please like, please do, and then eventually I will live in the pool apartment. I was going to say, you know, if we can get to enough patrons on Patreon where you can afford a 1.2 million pound flat that has a <laughs> pool in it. Um, I mean, at that point, we've gone straight up Joe Rogan. Like, we're just saying crazy shit. Like, we've yeah. we've really embraced the bad parts of podcasting, I feel like. That's, that's... I, think, I, think, I think at that point, we have to record every episode in the pool. Like, not in the pool, but in the pool room. There's so we'll def- have a really nice, echoey, deep... There's definitely, like, lots of sloshing noises. I think there'll be, like, lots of, like, wetness in... It'll be, like, ASMR, and it'll be kind of gross. But in all seriousness, thank thank you you. for those of you who have signed up for our Patreon. It means a lot. Uh, I'm still not used to the idea of people on the internet supporting people positively. It's a very exciting experience. (laughs) Um, If you would like to join our Patreon, go over to patreon.com slash thecontentminds. Also, we'll be putting show notes there every week. So if you hear something on the podcast and you're like, oh, what video are they talking about? Or what article are they referencing? I'll be dropping all those links on Patreon. And that'll be open to anybody. Um, I'm just going to use it as a blog because it's easy. Um, So go there if you want. If you want to see this insane apartment that your money's going towards then yeah go go to that go to that address let's get
get into the meat of this week's episode, even though hilariously we just recorded 15 minutes on a pool <laughs> that you saw on Twitter. Um, so, okay. So the first question for this week is very simple, which is what is Cottagecore? Have you, when did you first hear about Cottagecore, Luke? I first heard about Cottagecore when it, and this is a, just a terribly sad thing, when it popped on all social listening tools. Um, but that is genuinely it. Like there was suddenly this moment where everyone was talking about Cottagecore and it wasn't really clear where it came from. Digging into it, it was like, oh, okay, this is, it's kind of nothing. It's, I think it's the least aesthetic aesthetic of like all time. Uh, barring a small number of aesthetics that were like, uh, this is my middle school, which was a, a thing for a while in like 2018. Like people were, were dressing like they're in middle school. It was very strange. Um, but Cottagecore is the idea that you post photos and have your general aesthetic as being, as looking as though you lived in the countryside uh, in a cottage in the, I don't know, it's probably the, I mean, well, it's an imagined paradise that never existed yeah historically it's, it's kind of like if normcore is the idea that you're dressing like a middle class kind of like slob from the 80s in like a in like a past that never really existed cottagecore is the same idea but with like farm aesthetic and like frontier thing i will say i looked up the wikipedia i one i was surprised that cottagecore had a wikipedia article i didn't know it was that big and what i do think is funny is that wikipedia claims that cottagecore stems from online movements including grandma core farm core goblin core and fairy core that makes sense no because there's a there's a big venn diagram overlap of people who who want to live in yeah kind of on the edge of the woods in a cottage with thatch and uh chimney and a fire and it you shouldn't live in a cottage with thatch and a chimney and a fire because those things don't go well together um but it's this imagined magic world in which they do and there is like i mean the first time i saw it was on tumblr as is everything that i see on the internet and it was very much wrapped up in like solar punk stuff too it was like ecofeminism solar punk cottage core and, and then like a lot of DIY elements and they were all sort of emerging. Oh, oh. And also the, <laughs> the Moss fandom, which was like, Oh, I love the Moss fandom. Yeah. It's That's just the best fandom. Yeah. So if you're ever like kind of stressed out, um, which, Oh, by the way, I stumbled ac- across because I was looking up videos of rain. Uh, cause I was in a fairly dark place, uh, earlier this year at the height of the pandemic. Oh really? Yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to Google, cool videos of rain um and i did and that's it's nice anyway so then i got onto moss stuff and i was like "Ooh, moss is cool and it's just like cool pics of moss and then solar punk stuff diy stuff cottagecore stuff and it all sort of has stuck around and seems to be getting more and more intense particularly on tiktok um because i feel like that's just how things work now is that like smaller networks like reddit and tumblr make a thing and then people on tiktok take it and kind of disregard everything about it but make it more popular in in the same way i think a big thing is that it's much easier to pick up an aesthetic on tiktok than it ever used to be um if you wanted to be if you wanted to be steampunk you had to get like clothes that was a that was a thing you would go to a specialist shop over here it would be in camden over there i assume it was the lower east side somewhere uh where you bought like 
where, the weird glasses wow. and the hat. And where is the steampunk part of New York City? Well, no, it is. Oh, Williamsburg. No, 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 no. But it is funny that London has a steampunk neighborhood. And Camden, like, there is a bunch of steampunk in Camden. That's true. Camden, yeah, but Camden's also the cyberpunk neighborhood and <laughs> the goth neighborhood and it's, the just general punk neighborhood. The, 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 the prophecy goes, if the punks ever leave Camden, then, then the UK will fall. Well, there is, like, something very British about the idea of, like, all of the subcultures that like white people do, we're going to have a neighborhood for them and they're just going to stay there and we're going to deal with it there. Yeah. And, and everyone else can have the rest of London, which is a much nicer place anyway. Exactly. Exactly. But talking of which, um, Camden Market is a terrible place, uh, which is why it was always hard to believe that Taylor Swift went there in London Boy. But Taylor Swift's latest album is actually very cottagecore. That was an incredible transition you just did. There. Thank you. That was Thank great. You. Wow. I had no idea where I was going after that, but I was like, I can see the segue. I can wow. see the segue. That was great. Yes. In fact, this <laughs> Taylor Swift's new album, which I have still not listened to yet, what uh, I just I haven't I haven't got, I haven't I haven't sat down with it because I haven't had the time tomorrow I'll sit down tomorrow and I'll listen to the whole thing um, after it's we've been re- out it's been out for four days I'm not going to reveal exactly when how close to our deadline of publishing this that we recorded this but it's been out for days well, multiple e- days either way it came out and I texted you and, and I was like oh I think from what I'm seeing on Twitter her new album is very cottagecore inspired we should totally do a cottagecore thing especially because. Taylor Swift has been this, and this goes back to like the heart of the question of the episode, which is like Taylor Swift has always been very politically confusing and like fascists love her. And there is something don't anymore. No, no. Well, she's currently trying to like do some stuff that will, you know, get her away from that scene. But it's interesting that like fascists are latching onto Cottagecore for the same reason they used to latch on to Taylor Swift. And so before we go any further though, you've heard the album like how cottage Corey is it what are the vibes is it cozy vibes well this is why when you initially suggested it i was like hmm, maybe because i'd listened to the album and it's not very cottagecore oh like is the answer <laughs> this? oh okay that's it, which is why i was like hmm that's weird i don't know you're going along with it you're going through some stuff fine we'll do your thing you now I now clearly I was I should have stuck with it because it's it's not particularly cottagecore. Um, oh, it's, it's not. It's fa- Wait, is this no. whole, did, did I screw this whole thing up? Is this yes? But everyone's talking about like her in the woods wearing a cardigan. Yeah, she took a picture of herself in the woods wearing a cardigan. That's not that wild a thing to do. But I, I feel go for like a walk that's in the very woods most Saturdays. It's lovely. It's nothing to do with cottagecore. I feel like that is very cottagecore. I feel like that's sort of like the the TikTok dilution of the aesthetic. That's what's happening is that people are kind of like going like, "I have a cardigan and I'm in the woods. Look at me. I'm cottagecore." Not that there's any sort of like authenticity to cottagecore, anyways, because it's an inherently un- inauthentic thing to do. Taylor Swift's new album is a national album, but with Taylor Swift instead of Matt Berenger, and it's incredible. Oh, that does sound really yeah. nice. It's great. You should listen to it. But it's not particularly cottagecore. However, because she re- she kind of surprise released it, there was the vibe of, oh, she's doing a folk album. She's doing a cottagecore album. It wasn't really folk. Uh, it was, I mean, I'd say it's not cottagecore at all. Certainly the aesthetics that surrounded the video. She did a bunch of videos on Spotify of her, like walking along uh, country walls, the kind of bumpy stone ones you get i don't i assume you must get them in america because she's in america at the moment but they're very they feel they feel very british like the the stone 
hedgerow walls. Are you talking about like which a, only like like a like a hedge? No, 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 no. Because no, hedgerows are the bit that divide divide two fields. Because hedgerows are have existed for a long time. They've existed for centuries, but uh, ever since. Uh, Henry VIII and Henry VII in enclosure. Oh my god, Luke. <laughs> god damn it. Yo, the walls are political. Okay. Oh, no, okay. they, they took away the hedgerows in order to make the fields bigger, which screwed over the peasants, yada, yada, yada. Not going to go into it. But <laughs> the point is, is that's kind of where the cottages come from. They come from um, workers' cottages in the 15th, 16th, 14th centuries, um, where the, you know, they, the, the lord of the land, the gentry on the land, would give workers a really basic cottage. They could work at their bit of land. They'd give... X percentage of their crop, X percentage of the yield to their lord, who would let them live on the land in return, and they'd eat the rest or sell the rest and, and buy the rest. Oh, of so wait, this whole time, have you been sort of thinking about cottagecore as like a historically accurate like co- concept of a cottage? No, because it's a bastard concept of a cottage. Like, but that is that is where a cottage comes from. Oh. And that's kind of the that's the era that people are harking back to. But as always with this stuff, you're not harking back to an actual past you're harking back to an imagined past when in reality you would have died of the black death so in many ways it's very keeping with our time (laughs) but in america i feel like it's harkening back to like and this is where things start to get kind of icky politically i feel like it's harkening back to like a frontier period well surely but frontier times is uh like ranch houses it's 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 sort of like the places where lbj used to live (laughs) Oh my god! We'll get to that. We'll get to, we'll get back to you talking about Lindsey Johnson <laughs> no. soon. I mean, no, but like I feel like it's, and that's exactly why you're seeing like trad wives in the far right taking advantage of it because it's like a very, it's a very colonial, very like manifest destiny very like very manifest history yeah like very traditional gender roles kind of thing i found i found a meme that i wanted to talk about because it was sort of the (laughs) (laughs) inspiration i feel like that's that's the show that's the whole show ryan found a meme he wants to talk about um but i found this meme and i've been thinking about it a lot like i can't really stop thinking about it okay so here's the meme that i found and i think it's fascinating so it's uh it's like the Jesse Pinkman talking to Walter White meme. Are you familiar right. with this? No, I remember yes, no, I remember the original tweets. In the reading notes for this, I, I put the quote of this in, but go for it. Do do the meme. Okay, so here's the meme. So the first panel is Jesse Pinkman saying, Twitter leftists aren't at all prepared for the wave of cottagecore mood board eco fascist e girls, but that's not a conversation anyone wants to have. Then Walter White says, What? Then Jesse says it sucks so much because I feel that a lot of queer, anarchist, anti-racist people that fall under the cottagecore aesthetic are getting drowned out by the neo-manifest destiny aspirations of white trad femmes who are trying to revive a white man's burden mentality with the environment. With aesthetics, the horseshoe theory is kind of a real thing, lol. I'm still mad thigh-high socks, femboy, coder, light-up, keyboard aesthetic got taken over by fash. And then Walter White says, Jesse, what the fuck are you talking about? But what's crazy is like in that meme, it distills like the entire problem, which is that a bunch of really bad people on the internet have figured out that if an aesthetic is recognizable, they can take advantage of it and they can like recode it to be whatever they want it to be about. So I come over from a slightly different angle than that, but I, I, I get where you're coming from. My take on it is that if you take someone like Cottagecore, the version that people that appeals to people is that it's essentially a simple life. Like capitalism is too complicated, the world is too complicated. There are pandemics, there are uh, uh, 
you know, fascists all over the world. There is everything is chaos, and it's it's all a nightmare. However, if you have this idea of like a cottage, you know, you go live in a cottage, you milk your cow and bring your your bu- your bucket of milk in every day, and then pick up your eggs from your chickens and whatever whatever else it is. It's an imagined idealized past that that makes sense as a as an appeal to a simple life and that's what appeals to people about it it's the same as like a lot of fantasies it's the same as people who want to you know same as furries it's the same as um cosplay people it's like okay i need a break for my life so i'm going to think about this idea of a simple life however what it also does is appeals to the past and the past is racist like the world is racist but it appeals to a specifically whiter version of the past in most western countries so it's slightly less I would argue it's slightly different in the UK, but it's very clear in the US. As you say, like this is kind of ranch culture, it's frontier culture. So it ends up appealing to this imagined perfect white past, which obviously wasn't a perfect white past. Like most of the kids died before their second birthday and no one knew how to wipe their ass. It's like, yeah, it's, it was a bad time, but it's those simultaneous appeals to a simpler past and a whiter past, which end up tangled up with each other. Yeah. I mean, there's just... There's just this thing that tends to happen. I mean, in a really weird way, you see this with like the clean eating trend where there's this thing and I don't know what it is about white people in particular. This seems to be a huge issue for where it's like you start an internet thing that's image based. So clean eating, it's like, I want foods that essentially look good on Instagram. That's all That's all clean eating is. It's like, I want foods that look f- like I got them from a farmer's market that like sparkle when I take a photo of them on Instagram. Yes, yeah, a nice bright red tomato and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. It's like, look at this like green cucumber and it's so nice and fresh. And it keeps like progressing. And there's like this bizarre, like kind of fashy push for like purity but it's 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 a visual purity it's like an aesthetic that like starts to become cleaner and like more uh regimented and and more and more berserk actually because it's it's like the clean eating doesn't make any sense because it's like food is chemicals like there's no there's no version of this that doesn't involve chemicals like you flagged an article by Vice's ID vertical that was asking the question of like, is cottagecore queer? And I think it definitely started that way. I think there's definitely like a huge chunk of people who are uh, talking about cottagecore on the internet in a DIY kind of punk, kind of queer, kind of like self-reliant way. But a huge chunk of people have broken away from that and are like pushing it and making it more and more regimented and extreme and white and pure and like creepy. And that's where you get the trad wives, which we have, if we haven't explained trad wife, Luke, you explain trad wife. What, what do you, how would you just, how would you define a trad wife? I mean, the trad wife is someone who says is, is a woman who says, uh, I would like to raise children, stay at home, cook food, keep a nice house, which is, yeah, it's fine. Do, do, do whatever makes you happy. Like, um, <laughs> like it's it's not it's not like a weird thing to do. And they're like, and and in fairness, there are plenty of like guys who do that have that exact same like life model. But the problem then becomes is it appeals to a simpler past, and that simpler past is usually a white past, usually a more authoritarian path past. So what you end up with is 
yeah, women saying like, hey, I just enjoy doing this. And in the most cases, there's basically no reason to suspect that that's not entirely true, that it's just their personal preference and they and, and they enjoy it. When it becomes a problem is that many of them figure out like, oh, I can monetize this, which, you know, is, is the dream of like the world is you find a thing that you like doing and then monetize it. Uh, uh, and, and just a reminder, uh, please head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the content minds. Uh, Cause we're trying to monetize our very uh, friendship. So thank you. Um, yeah, exactly. We don't, we don't actually talk between these episodes. It's just us. <laughs> pretend, it, it's like us. It's the only way we can connect emotionally is to talk about other entirely different stuff. I straight up will not speak to you unless a bunch of strangers are giving me $5 a month to do so. <laughs> It's so funny that like nowadays, and I don't think this was a, I, I don't want to be like one of those people who's like, I'm nostalgic for the old internet and things were better, even though literally we had an entire episode about that last week. But I do think that internet aesthetics have existed since the very beginning of the image on the internet. Like the, the, the invention of the JPEG created a visual language that is like becoming only more sophisticated over time. But the problem is that nowadays there's a way more complicated incentive structure online because like all of these platforms, I mean, really, truly only care about J like if you think about it, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are kind of just like image boards at this point because like they have incentivized certain behavior of sharing certain kinds of images. So to the point where like Facebook memes are just a delivery system of information via a JPEG. So so Facebook is essentially an image gallery, if you think about it. Anyways, uh, that's going into a whole other conversation for another episode. I think, by the way, I, th- I do think it's crazy that after all this time, no one's come up with a better aesthetic than high contrast photos of fruit floating threateningly. I really, really, really enjoy on purpose, bad deep fried memes. <laughs> I mean, that is a very specific, po- almost post internet aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my brain's broken and I'm like, oh, I recognize the bad version of what this meme is supposed to be. And I love that this is like completely reversed of that. But but to, to, to finish the thought, which is like once cottagecore pictures of like, you know, w- women in cardigans uh, in a cozy small house on a field get put into places like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok there is a rat race that starts and there's like a, there's like a, a push, a competitive push and like a weird incentive to like keep upping the ante. So things become like more and more incentivized to be more pure, more, more white, more aggressively colonial and manifest destiny. And like things get racist because like those platforms are always sort of pushing things into a more racist direction because like, algorithms know that humans when they're being racist are really really logged on and like really engaged i mean it's that but it's also that it just pushes people to be more extreme like what we've really hard is if you think of uh who's good uh, david like david bowie his entire thing was that he did a bunch of different aesthetics and every like nine months he'd switch and do a new one so he was like the 
didn't like Duke. He was a country singer, and then he was uh, Ziggy Stardust, and he would do a load of different things. And that's kind of like a normal way to live, not to the extreme, but like you go through periods in your life. You're like, oh, I'm super into this now. Now I'm super into this, and you kind of like adopt different clothing, different aesthetics, different like fashion as you go through. But the problem with the internet is you go, okay, I'm going to adopt, let's say steampunk. You do steampunk. For you, nine but you're really on steampunk. Like you're really thinking about steampunk today. It's just whenever I come to like a clear aesthetic that's just like this exists. If you see someone in the street and you know exactly what it is, it's always steampunk. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's steampunk. Like you can't see a steampunk person and be like, oh, maybe that's a different aesthetic. It's not. It's steampunk. It's every time you know everyone who is steampunk and everyone who is not steampunk. It is a clear delineation. And like steampunk, isn't based on anything that ever existed. It's like purely just a thing that a bunch of people were like, I'm this now. I'm the guy who yeah. has like a watch full of like gears that opens up into a giant sundial. And I think that's like fucking hysterical that I have like a wrist sundial. It is. It is pretty funny. Um, but my hat is, is a blimp with a clock in it. You know, <laughs> it's like my hat is just like a, a hovering blimp with a clock in it. And then I have like a mechanical parrot on my shoulder and a bunch of leather. And I'm like, hello, I would love to, I feel like steampunk guys are always like, they're always doing something really modern whenever you see them in a way that's like very hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that they're cycling somewhere, but their bike is neon blue and, and like a modern bike. Or they're like trying to get their like contactless chip in their credit card to work at like a grocery store, but they're in like full steampunk and they're like, "I'm sorry, usually I tap it and it works. I, should I swipe it? Like, should do I swipe it?" And they're like, "Oh no, try, try to swipe. No, no, try the card." And he's like, he's got his like fucking stupid like coal powered like backpack on, and he's just like, "I I gotta I gotta get these pizza rolls back <laughs> to the party." You know, it's it, like they're you always catch them in the wild like filling out a form at a rent-a-car place and it's like oh sorry i gotta get to the steampunk thing uh can i do you have like a do you have like a mid-sized sedan that i could do oh no so you only have the okay what Uh, exactly but this is the problem this is the exact problem if you are a steampunk person you can't then become something else you're always steampunk (laughs) you're you're like you're like that in the world but you're also like you've committed to steampunk that's your thing now yeah if you have a tumblr if you have a youtube channel if you have an instagram or whatever you're kind of like hey i've invested in this i've invested in going to the meetups i've invested in going to the 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 cons or whatever it is i don't don't know what they do fucking what for for cottagecore or steampunk i'm for steampunk i assume steampunks steampunks have like parliaments or something i don't know no they have conventions i think i, I think that like or do they it do feels, that it feels or, like they should have a better word than conventions they should have like a, a, a weird word but no 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 no, no no if you have a bunch of steampunk people together it's called a dirigible so it's like oh it's a dirigible of steampunk cosplayers is that real no no i just made that up <laughs> oh okay but no that sounds right but that sounds right that sounds right maybe a dirigible or a, a blimp a blimp of steampunk yeah yeah oh yeah a, a blimp of steampunkers just came by and bought all of our tostinos pizza rolls so we're totally out i'm sorry <laughs> exactly but if you are a steampunk person and you've built your aesthetic around it you can't then like nine months later be like hey i'm kind of not into steampunk anymore i'm trying a new thing i'm trying goth or whatever you can't then go and become a goth because all your steampunk fans go like hey i was following you for steampunk fuck this and unfollow you so you immediately lose yourself so what it means is you have become more and more extreme like you know if you start off as a steampunk guy who rides a penny farthing by the end of this you're like you've got a, a cycle powered blimp and you're 
well, no, going it's, over it's, a, the it's city a penny farthing. And you're threatening but, the prime minister, and you're go- not going to let him get away with it this time. <laughs> but it's it's a penny farthing with like rockets on it. It's like a rocket right, penny exactly, farthing. Exactly. But it's the same with like all these bits and pieces of aesthetics that are on their own effectively innocent. Right. Uh, and the one I always think of in this situation is the Western architecture stuff, which became super Nazi super fast, where it's just like, hey, I like buildings that are built in the 17th and 18th century because, you know, they're built of nice stone, they had modern construction methods, and they, uh, yeah, they, they're generally aesthetically vaguely pleasing. What that becomes really quickly is people saying, we need to harken back to an imagined past. This is when the world was correct. Countries built proper buildings. And suddenly you're saying, like, hey, we, we need to go back to an authoritarian 18th century system. And that inevitably brings fascism. So so to to sort of, out of curiosity, and actually in a weird way to to bring us back to the top of the show, I just searched cottagecore on Instagram because I was kind of curious, like, okay, what are the top posts on Instagram? And one of them is literally just a pool in Tuscany because, like, these things don't mean anything. It's it, it, it's largely just, like, photos of flowers and, like, fa- flowers in baskets and, like, white women in white dresses picking flowers. It's well known that most 14th century peasants, when they weren't dying of the Black Death, were using their pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I believe that. And, like... Part of the reason why cottagecore is so popular right now is because, yes, there is a like a huge fascist push and that is happening and that is real. But I also think that like with the pandemic, there is this hope that you could be happy and satisfied and comfortable in a small space. There's like but with the with the ability to see out like. And I, I sort of think it's reflective of like a lot of people's mindsets right now where it's like, I can't leave my house and I kind of am fantasizing about the idea of a house that I wouldn't be able to leave that was actually cozy and comfortable and clean and not messy and not real, uh, like as like a tiny home. But I think, I think this has been true. This has been true for a really long time that people are fantasizing about simple removes from stuff it's why you know the pandemic hits and everyone suddenly starts making sourdough like all everyone wants is to work five hours a day make their own bread and go for a long walk like that's (laughs) that's effectively what everything comes down to and like the fact that we can't do that because of essentially capitalism is the thing that everyone's been trying to get out for a long time and i i should point out that i I think that an awful lot of the impulse from many far-right people is that they are offering uh, a simpler version of the world where it's like they are wrong we are right uh and therefore kill them all kill all the the, the bad people and everything will be simple again i right. think simplicity is a huge appeal to almost all of the extreme movements around the world well yeah no i when i used to like when i was like tr- covering the european like what, what are they called um generation identity creeps um yeah the, like I, I was always laughing my ass off because like the the facade was so fake, but all the guys for the most part were like bodybuilders, and they were always trying to like use like physical improvement to like be 
like a recruitment tool where it's like, look how, look how like masculine and like strong I am and how great my simple, you know, heartland values are, um, with my huge muscles, uh, to the point where my favorite one was this guy called the golden one who was like a Swedish oh my God. fascist yeah. who like looked like Thor and all, you know, all he would do is just like post shirtless photos and all the reply guys were just like, Oh yeah, you're so muscular. And I was like, guys, like what, what the fuck are all of you doing? Like, this is so goddamn weird. And like the, I think the golden one eventually got banned from Twitter. A lot of them ended up getting banned from Twitter and they are. And then like a lot of them would try to like find really attractive American women and like marry. Like there was that guy, Martin Selner. I think he was an Austrian fascist and he married. Yeah. I feel like I can remember this. He married Brittany Pettibone. And she was an American YouTuber, and all they would they do is... Got, they both got banned from the UK. Yes, they got banned from everywhere. And they ended up getting married and having, like, a very cottagecore wedding, which was, like, very, like, you know, white people in a field talking about mason jars and how much they hate minorities. And, and it's all on, like, beautiful DSLR footage on YouTube, and you could have this, too, if only you were a huge racist asshole like us. And, like... That's their whole thing is like, come to Montana and buy a bunch of weapons and like, let's have like a white ethno state that's very cute and twee. It's 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 actually almost identical um, to the way like ISIS would recruit women. Uh, my friend yes. Ellie Hall, who is uh, on a previous episode of this show, you can go back and, and listen to her episode. She used to show me the memes that ISIS girls were like sharing, and they were all just like Disney princesses. I, mean, I, feel like, I feel like I feel like I should point out like it's also it's the same thing appeals to the male people who are attracted by ISIS, like the men who are attracted by ISIS. They had the same appeal. Like this is a simple world. No, but I mean, I, I to the point where like the 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 women who are in Syria were then sharing like memes where it was like hanging the laundry today and like having a cute day with my husband and it was like clearly shot in such a way to show that they weren't in like a bombed out building or something and then they would like use their equivalent of trad wife sort of like getting back to the heartland kind of thing it's like it, every fascist movement uses that and and it's such a bummer because like when cottage course started, it was, I was like looking at posts to learn how to grow like corn in my front yard. I was like, that sounds cool. I want to grow a bunch of vegetables in my front yard and like fill it with trees and like have a solar panels and, you know, have like a cool punk doomsday shelter. That's what I wanted. I wanted punk doomsday stuff. I didn't want white people camping. I attempt to grow vegetables during lockdown and it, it went horribly. What did you grow during lockdown? I grew nothing. I tried to grow many things. I oh. grew nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I I have a rose bush that's coming up quite nicely, and I have some foxgloves that are coming up quite nicely. Can you eat but that? Everything else I planted did not, no. They are flowers, but that's like two of the I don't know two dozen things I planted. It was it was a it was a disaster. Anyway, that's why I hate cottage corn and think it's fascist because I can't. <laughs> oh okay so wait that so wait so you wanted to do this episode because you're bad at it and you're mad and i wanted to do this episode because i saw a random meme so this is growing great yeah this is great yeah i just think everyone everyone who could successfully grow plants and live in a cottage is clearly a racist somehow i think that like the true aesthetic is pool flat and i think that like <laughs> hashtag pool flat is going to be the new like post-covid aesthetic where it's like we're all having like crazy great Gatsby parties to celebrate the end of the pandemic and our weird 
pool apartments. You know the entrance to that flat is immediately next to the back door of a Chinese restaurant? That's even better. You could you don't even have to get out of the pool to have Chinese food delivered to you. That's perfect. That's yeah, true, I guess. <laughs> You want to start it? Yeah, I've been listening to Taylor Swift's latest album. It's fucking great. <laughs> Say the name of the segment, Luke. Uh, wait. What is what is the name of the segment? Welcome to a, a segment we do every episode called "The Content You Consume to Stay Sane." Okay, yeah, I'm we've done this thirteen times now. Luke, what kind of content are you consuming to stay sane? <laughs> I think consuming almost exclusively Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore, which is an incredibly good album, combining two of my favorite artists, Taylor Swift and. The National, or The National in the form of Aaron Dessen, who writes all the songs anyway. Uh, and it's been it's it's been great. It's this astonishing album that everyone should listen to. And I would argue my favorite Taylor Swift album, and plus one of my favorite albums of all time. Huh. I'm really looking forward to other bands that I like combining. I'd really like to hear uh, The Word is Beautiful Place collabing with maybe Charlie Gambino. That would be quite fun. Actually, that would be really good. That's 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 that would be really good. Japan Droids and Cloud Nothing. That would fit really well actually. Cuz like Japan Droids really well. there's like two people in there. They can join any band. They can't even play on their own instruments anyway cuz they're not enough of them. Not that they're bad at it. They're great at it. What have you been consuming to stay sane? Hmm. Obviously 90 Day Fiance, even more of it than last week. I'm starting to listen to a 90 Day Fiance podcast called The Fraudcast. Um, which is about like basically people who lie on the show and like digging into the backgrounds of like why they're lying. My favorite one is my favorite conspiracy theory is that uh, there's a British guy who like is like a he, he has a criminal record for like fighting. So a British guy. Yeah. And he so he can't come to America and he's dating this American woman who has a kid. And the conspiracy theory is that it's his kid and that they're using the show to pay for her to go to the uk and so there's a whole thing with that this seems like a this seems like a fun conspiracy theory that we should definitely broadcast on our podcast there's just uh there's a lot i mean well the 90 day fiance community has really no boundaries and there's several youtube channels devoted to psychoanalyzing the cast members and like trying to like figure out like what their mental defects are so like they really aren't afraid to go there and like that's the kind of spicy drama that i want in my life right now that's um okay that's good i'm i'm i, I don't know what to say to that man because uh uh i feel like 90 day fiance conspiracy theories are like a spiral and you think about like moving out of that spiral, but uh, yeah, have fun while you're there. I think like I wanted to see where this 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 canyon goes. <laughs> I want to find the bottom of this abyss, and I want to see what's at the bottom. Um, because that's what Ninety Day Fiance is all about, which is going on a love journey into the heart of dar- of the human condition and like the true darkness that resides in all of us. And I think that like I'll come out the other side stronger. Okay. uh, yeah that's fun (laughs) all right um so head over to our patreon for show notes um we've got show notes from last week up there as well we will be starting uh exclusive patreon episodes uh probably uh in about two or three weeks i want to wait till there's a couple of you on there uh there's like a good audience there i think and maybe you guys can help me pressure luke i think that we should start uh, a movie club and we should start by doing a mini series on the DC 
EU or whatever it's called. I'm happy to do that, but first we have to have the argument about Series 8 of Game of Thrones. Ugh. We gotta have the argument. Also, I mean, I did I did run into Kit Harrington the other day. I'll, I'll see if he, he clearly lives in my area. I'll try and get him on. Okay. All right. Well, then, so, yeah. And stay- Rose Leslie. <laughs> and their dog. It was a great dog. That's nice that that's nice that Ygritte and John have a nice dog. Um, yeah. So, uh, Luke, uh, do you do you have any uh, any any final words for our lovely listeners? Uh, no, uh, don't be fascist. Um, everything's a gateway to fascism. Don't do anything. It's good. Okay, that's cool. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been the Content Minds. I'm Ryan Broderick. <laughs> With me always is Luke. I'm Luke uh, Daly. Don't be fascist um, and be steampunk instead. Uh, that's 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 the lesson from this week. That that's a gateway to fascism. <laughs> is steampunk fascist? Yeah, probably. I have no idea. It feels a bit fascist. I bet it. I bet it is. All right. Well, I guess we'll figure that uh, out next week. <laughs> You're a goth goth rock band, and then you're like, hey, I'm actually going to use this for my folk music now. Everyone's like, hey, I hate folk music. Fuck you.